1: I'm too Billy, and you book a match with me that's right killings look at me i'm a total package i will rip him apart i'm
0: pissed now where to stephanie (laughs) wrestle roasts on ad free shows and atc welcome everybody to wrestle roasts i am your host dan saint germain i'm here with scott chaplin robert will not be joining us this episode he'll be putting his Jokes in later on for the roast of the Miz. How you doing, Scott? I'm good, brother. How are you? Good, man. Excited to talk about the Miz and Dynamite. Uh, a little showbiz up top. This uh, Monday for our $5 t- Patreon tier, we're going to be doing Uncensored 1998. Kind of a crazy pay-per-view. September 26th, the roast of Johnny Ace and Ace Steel. It's our double Ace roast episode. October 3rd, mailbag episode. October 10th, they're off. October 17th, Halloween Havoc 1996. October 24th, Pro Wrestlers for Zombies. October 31st, The Roast of the Undertaker. Uh, we got The Roast of the Miz next week. Ne- this week. Next week, we got a, a normal recap episode. September 30th, The Roast of the XFL. October 14th, The Roast of the Von Erics. October 21st, The Roast of Dracula. That's uh, all on our regular show. And for 10 bucks, you get Robert's Raw Review. And it's either going to be my TNA review or me and Robert's review. I'm going to see what you guys think. Um, So for five extra bucks, you get three extra episodes a month, plus the roast of Johnny Ace and Ace Steel. So uh, it's a pretty good deal, man. Um, It's a damn good deal, dog. Real good deal. But we're going to get into The Miz, man. We're roasting The Miz today for our King Kong Bundy five count. I love that gimmick. Bundy used to do that. It was probably the only really great thing he did in the ring, but still, I, I can't believe nobody's stolen it. Uh, Wardlow should do like a 10 count. That would that would get him over. <laughs> but let's do, let's do bright side of the Miz. And you know, there's a lot to talk about. There probably wasn't a lot to talk about 10 years ago, but there is a lot to talk about now. I'll, I'll start off. I, I think the thing about Miz is he's a great sports entertainer. Like, he would do a better job with the Jericho gimmick than Jericho's doing. Um, his Talkin' Smack appearance is legendary. Uh, him, along with AJ Styles and Dean, made SmackDown feel different uh, when they did the brand splits. Great matches with Dolph Ziggler, especially the ladder match. Uh, good triple threat match at WrestleMania 34. The uh, build to the second match with Cena at Mania 33 was very good. The the videos he made with him and Maurice are really fun. His... Do You Hate Me Now entrance from WrestleMania 27 is great. He's now had two great celebrity matches in a row. Uh, He's been a great tag team partner for both Morrison and the Big Show. And, you know, I think history is going to look on him as a a lot kinder than they look on CM Punk as at least a guy to work with, you know, especially because of how much shit The Miz used to take in the locker room from JBL and Benoit. Uh, Super nice guy when I briefly worked with him. Uh, hooked up with both Bellas, apparently. Hot wife, so he's doing good there. Uh, stuff with Dexter Loomis has been really fun. The the under the ring thing we just saw on Raw, Raw will be shown in packages forever. And k Fable Accomplishment, two-time WWE Champion, uh, number one in the PWI Top 500 in 2011, which is nuts. I totally forgot about that. Rolling Stone Wrestler of the Year 2017, eight-time Intercontinental Champion, two-time United States Champion, eight-time WWE Tag Champion, Money in the Bank winner, winner of the Mixed Tag Challenge match with Asuka, two years for the Most Improved Wrestling Observer, and Tag Team of the Year for Wrestling Observer with John Morrison. I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the best word to describe Miz would be overachieving. Scott, what do you think about the Miz?
1: <laughs> yeah, man, he has been around for... Remember Undertaker had the whole decade of destruction t-shirt and it felt so big, right? Yeah. And now the Miz has been there for fucking 20 years. Almost and, 20 years yeah. and I bet you, I mean, you know, I don't know the math, but I feel like he's been on television more than almost anybody during that time too. He's, he's a constant. Um, I wonder if he has more TV time than John Cena has TV time, considering the amount of years he's been there longer than him, you know? I think he's a guy that if you're being honest during, you know, like you ever go like, Oh my God, 2012, that was, uh, that was 10 years ago and you can't believe it. That's because of people like the Miz, like there's something, there's something uh, he doesn't age yet. He's stale. Like, what is that called? Like, what is like where,
0: I mean, I think he's, you know, if you wanted to compare him to any other wrestler in WWE, I mean, I think he's Kane, man. Like he's a utility player that, You know, when you put him in the main event, it doesn't really work, but you can put him almost anywhere else on the card and it it works. Yeah, he's fire on the mic. He's always been great on the
1: mic. And he obviously has that thing about him that makes him unlikable, right? It's why, because I remember him on on Real World and the Road Rules Challenges, and people would be annoyed with him then. It was what he did, right? Even that, that The Miz character was made... In the real world, it was like when he decided to be an annoying pain in the ass. He called himself the Miz and acted like that. Uh, it fucking works, and he knows it works, and he's known the whole time that it works. I think also he's like he's just a perfect businessman. He's someone who goes around and shake hands. Uh, he can make the appearances. He's never going to do anything publicly embarrassing. He's definitely That's the not. Thing. Gonna go, I can't think of but one, the idea you know. of business for himself. He is he he's the opposite of that. He is so aware of you know going into business for yourself is going into business for the business that's how you make your fucking money uh and god i bet you if you've even checked in terms of wrestlers he, he's got to be up there in and how much he gets paid and how much he's made i mean miz and maurice i don't know if it's a if it was a success but it fucking
0: happened no it's you know? successful i mean it's if there's third or fourth season i mean if you compare it to some, I don't think it's like at Hogan's knows best level or whatever, but mm-hmm. what? It, I don't know what the fuck that show was called. Well, you, um, you know what it is?
1: It's, he, it's He's like, he puts the entertainer and sports entertainer and the professional in professional wrestler. Like, so, so for Vince, he's so perfect because this guy really visually, everything about him, he's just the most plain, regular motherfucker ever. Um, but he's an actor. And so he somehow acted his way into wrestling like he he loves pro wrestling and so that's why he did it but i really think vince saw him as what he always wanted which was a sports entertainer someone who could just go out there hit the lines you know not even just hit the lines but exceed with the lines you know like every feud ms ever had besides two are such a waste of fucking time and stupid but he's always made his television time work and those talking smack segments i mean he 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 was on fire, and the, you know the Brian Danielson one, which is like famous now, where he pissed him off for calling him out. There's also that uncomfortable one with Big E, where yeah, um, you know you you can you can tell his like privilege, like he doesn't really necessarily. He, quite understand how everything works you know Um, no
0: of course i mean (laughs) but i mean i don't know what wrestler in that situation would have done great but even in the
1: real world like in the real world he admits that he didn't that 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 was his character in the real world was he didn't grow up around gay people or black people or any sort of diversity and in the real world he said his dad was a racist and um i'm not i don't think he's any of those things but i do think he is you know what comes of that a lot of times which is just like this dude who doesn't understand uh why everybody wants to hit, hit him and like you know like life's worked out for me and i've worked hard and it's like there's <laughs> yeah. also more and he is a guy who's worked hard you know uh so it's hard to convince him otherwise i'm sure but yeah i don't know i i he, I, I, I noticed that like because you don't even like him in the ring right
0: i I, do, even... I thought he was getting better around wrestlemania 34 but i've just seen too many bad matches the last look i, I think he's he's good so passable though things. he's so fucking I mean, passable I, mean, always, look, I, I can't say he's a terrible wrestler because he's had two good celebrity matches in a row which is almost impossible to do the logan
1: paul match ruled and then what was the other
0: one he he fought bad bunny uh bad bunny yeah so that was two yeah yeah in a row you know both both of them highlights so yeah, those are hits uh, yeah, I mean like and look, like, yeah, Morrison had a lot to do with that. Ray probably had more to do with that. Um, than but, you know, he was in the ring with Logan Paul and Dom. You know what I mean? Like, that's it's not like he was in there with like AJ and Christopher Daniels, you know. No, like, and
1: you need a guy like that, you know. Just plan out your spots with him. He's not gonna fucking hurt you.
0: Definitely not gonna hurt you. Like all the complaints I had with him in the wrestling are like the opposite of Nia Jax. You know, it never was. Lo- he never looks like he's about to really fuck you up or You know, and then sometimes that's to his detriment, but um, yeah, but he does, he 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 looks like he's
1: dressing up as a rat. Like he always looks like he's uh, going to the Halloween party as a wrestler.
0: He's got the whole power ranger thing going on. Another thing, which is, I mean, this sounds like a slight, but it is, it is a Testament to his professionalism. Like, I don't know if I think the thing that worked the least with him was when him and R-Truth were doing that anti-establishment thing, because it just made no sense whatsoever for the Miz guy Oh yeah, they
1: like well triple eight. They got arrested, right? During right, They got Son arrested. Yeah. They were triple like interviewing,
0: attacking. interfering with main events. And it just did it just there was all it just didn't work. But he tried his fucking heart out. You know, like if you look at those segments, like he really tries. It's yeah. just it's just not a great fit. You know, and that's the like, thing awesome. with him. He and he always had
1: he's also like legitimately a victim of the time where you know you you look back at a lot of his shit and he's like he's wearing a fucking fedora like these things that never worked you know he he just he's the guy who will wear a tie and jeans and he doesn't see what's wrong with it and that's just his time period he's like uh it's like the end of gen x those gen x people that wanted to be millennials he's one of them you know and you kind of get stuck somewhere between jersey shore when you do that and so there's like an insincerity too that comes with him. That's kind of odd that I can't pinpoint where I think it's hard for people to latch on to him as a character because it's hard to believe in him as a person. He comes off like a full of shit guy, even if he's not, it's like a person. No, I mean, his,
0: his baby face runs have never, I mean, the closest was the stuff with Shane. People were cheering him for that, but they had to switch that real fast afterwards. Cause they're like, this guy can't be a, a what remember when he was a flare, there's like so many things they tried to do, but You know, dude, he's
1: really, he's like, he's like if Cody Rhodes didn't have any of the the, uh, wrestling history behind him, you know? And so, like, imagine Cody Rhodes didn't get to to reference the legacy. Yeah. You think Cody's better in the ring and better on the mic?
0: I think, I think there's just too many good Cody matches to say that, like, I guess that's true. Better Cody matches than Miz matches. But on the mic, I, I, I think on the mic, I mean, like, okay, I think Miz is more consistent but I think Cody's got the better promos if you, well, here's a question. But what it's also think, because Cody was, can
1: Cody back. can dive into that, like my legacy and right. the, my father and Miz, what, like
0: he can't. What, what do you think in your, in your opinion, do you think that the promo Cody cut on Jericho leading to full gear was better or the talking smack Miz appearance was better? Um, wow. That's,
1: I would say, uh, well, you mean the talking smack when he calls out Danielson? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one because that doesn't go anywhere. You know, like Danielson wasn't wrestling, right? Well, like, they they ball- ended
0: up wrestling like a year later and it just oh, they did. Know, it was okay. kind of a church fart. But, you know, because it was just like the matches were bad because it was just like Daniel Bryan versus the worst version of Daniel Bryan, you know? Sure, sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, well, Cody, everything that Cody has done – outside of wrestling is completely mimicking the Miz, you know, like as far as like the type of career he wants to have. Um, and, so that's, that's something. <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know why Miz's Miz and Mrs. is was so much more successful to roads of the top. And I, I think that's probably because the Miz showed ass a little more, like he doesn't really have the opinion of himself that Cody does. Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer.
1: Yeah, Cody like Cody wants to be president. Yeah, and Ms. wants to be head of the student council.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: and it's like it's way more realistic. It's way more fun, you know. At the end of the day, if you if if you vote for Miss, you'll get a fucking tootsie roll, you know.
0: Yeah, Miss is almost so full of shit. He's not full of shit, you know. Yeah,
1: no, yeah. There's something about him that it's like okay, and and, and that's actually I think why his show probably works better than Cody's show, where I believe in the Miz's smile. (laughs) Cody smiles. You're like, what have you just plotted? How many kids just (laughs) died?
0: Yeah, the Miz is like too concerned with like making sure he has no body hair. Yeah, Uh, yeah. All right, well, let's get to the roast of the Miz. Robert will most likely be dropping his jokes at the end of this episode. Uh, We think, we think. Oh man,
1: Robert could go on. The Miz should be Robert's favorite wrestler, right?
0: Oh, he has nothing but good things to say about The Miz because, I I mean, you know, like Robert could write whatever fucking copy he wants and The Miz would join. Miz would be like, sure. You want me to do it while singing? You know, give a shit. All right. I'll I'll, I'll start. You follow the roast of The Miz. I'm The Miz and I'm awesome. Eh. His gear is Optimus Prime's condom. (laughs) <laughs> he's the fdr of wrestling great promo lousy footwork he went from being hated to liked to his rightful place in wrestling somewhat tolerated he finally <laughs> broke through with a talking smack segment in 2016 five years after his wrestlemania run which is like finding out you're pregnant from a miscarriage. <laughs> The Miz and Maurice are everything Cody wants a reality show, a ton of money, and a wife who stays home with the kids. (laughs) He appeared on Real World Road Rules Challenge. Road rules is what a pro wrestler says into a payphone after his wife finds Adam cheating. It's road rules, baby. Road rules. (laughs) He's not the first guy to feud with Cena, but he's the first one to make you appreciate him. In Supernatural, he played a wrestler trying to escape a demon. Jake the Snake just fired his agent. His agent is a dead snake in a plastic bag he wrote Jew on. He hooked up with the Bellas, which is a joke for the Bellas roast. He hosted Diva Search, something the police call in when Teddy Hart reports his girlfriend missing. Skull-crushing finale sounds like Chris Nowinski's closing argument. He guest appeared on Destroy, Build, Destroy, which can also describe his booking. Him and R-Truth wrestled Rock and Cena in Rock's first match back in seven years, which felt like when you got a new Indiana Jones, but you also got Shia LaBeouf. Uh, The Miz is proof that if you, finally, the Miz is proof that if you take enough emotional abuse, terrible booking, nonstop bullying, even to the point of having your bags thrown into the hall by someone who will go on to commit a double murder, you too may star in the Marine 3 home front. (laughs) All right, Scotty.
1: All right. Here we go. The Miz, he looks like Carson Daly fucked a rerun of Friends. <laughs> <laughs> he makes every championship he holds feel like the 24-7 title.
0: It's actually just Drew.
1: Yeah, I know. He pursued wrestling after MTV told him he was too annoying to be a VJ. <laughs> He looks like a stripper who shows up dressed like a cop. And then when he reveals himself as a stripper, everyone's like, no, please
0: just be the cops. Be <laughs> hey, can you put your video on, man? <laughs> Sorry. That was great. Oh, sure. All right, I'm here.
1: Oh, uh, his character is Guy trying to put a stop to the kid's choice towards because kids shouldn't get to have a say. <laughs> he looks like a used sled dealer in Whoville. Uh, he's John Cena if Make-A-Wish was called Make-A-Realistic Suggestion (laughs) (laughs) he looks like if Bart Simpson rode around on a (laughs) Segway he's like if Roddy Piper ran out of kicking ass and just chewed (laughs) bubblegum Chris Benoit thought the Miz couldn't hang so he showed him how it's done
0: Oh, uh, Jesus Christ.
1: My opinion on The Miz is my opinion on gas. Too much money for regular.
0: <laughs>
1: like where Ric Flair exposed himself to a flight attendant. The Miz is plain.
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus.
1: He's a wrestler the way a Fiat is a car. His finisher is called the skull crushing finale. Named after what Marty Janetti did to a guy behind the bowling alley.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, his punches and kicks are like a Jimmy Snuka alibi; they don't quite connect. Uh, he looks like if Matt Stryker couldn't read. <laughs> He was in Real World's Road Rules Challenge. Uh, Real World, Real World Road Rules Challenge is what Sonny calls a DUI test. <laughs> uh, and finally, he is a less agile Madison Cawthorn.
0: I don't I know, Madison, I forget who Madison Cawthorn is. He's the guy who looks like the Miz, but he's in a wheelchair. Oh, the guy, the Republican guy who lost, yeah. who lost the primary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the Miz, folks. I mean, uh, you know. Yeah, much uh, like his career, you know. He- Forgettable. If we did a, <laughs> most, most like <laughs> his career a couple good jokes and mostly yeah it's fine
1: wow lasted longer than it should have
0: <laughs> well let's get to dynamite or dud folks my, my my first note on dynamite or dud was neither it wasn't neither dynamite or a dud it was just you know a deep, pretty good show uh hour one we had john moxley versus semi sammy, sammy guevara in the semifinals for the new world title tournament uh the an mjf promo which led to a stokely hathaway and the firm promo who are with mjf on retainer whatever that means jungle boy versus Jay lethal and powerhouse hobbs versus a guy what did you think about this first hour Scott?
1: i liked it but like you said there there there's a weird vibe around all of it now right it it, yeah whereas it should feel like must see tv it, it isn't um and I know what last week, like everybody tuned in in the first half hour to see what happened with the whole uh, after the press skirmish and yeah. the suspensions. And then, right, it kind of dropped off throughout the night. And that's what this entire week felt like that. It felt like a drop off, even though solid as hell. I can't I don't think I can complain. I can complain about like maybe one thing on this show. Um, everything else completely worked and did get me interested in next week. But it did feel like an episode to get me interested in next week. I'll say yeah. this, the last grand slam. so so the last Grand Slam I went to,
0: by the way, we're the going before. to this one. Yeah, so we are. yeah, we see you guys there,
1: Yes, yes. Uh, definitely reach out to us. I know it you don't get reception there. So if you're gonna find us, I don't know how cause I think it's tough. But anyway, um, the week before last year's Grand Slam, it was in Newark, and I went to see it. And it was very much like a, you know, a filler a filler episode. that was the MJF promo. Where he uh he talked about Pillman's dad. Well, he talked about Brian Pillman, you know. Yeah, that whatever. was a great promo. Stepping on him, whatever the hell. Uh, but other than that, nothing really happened in the episode. You know, I think he got like Adam Cole versus somebody. Couldn't even tell you who it was. Uh, and that's what this felt like. You know, you got your Jay Lethal match for some reason. Yeah. And yeah, but it was it was solid enough. The intro match. Look, Moxley. He deserved to win it. I hope he doesn't win at Grand Slam. I hope it's all a swerve. And that's why MJF is cutting these promos on him. You know, the, this idea that MJF is so arrogant and and he's going in on Moxley and you want Moxley to, to get him. But then to have Danielson win, right? I would love for MJF to just kind of change his tune. Like if Danielson wins, he doesn't call him out. He doesn't act like he's interested in the title anymore. He just kind of acts busy yeah. um, because he's afraid of him, you know? so yeah i don't know
0: it it. it, well yeah brian danielson is the kryptonite to anybody who can cut a good promo because it's like well i'm real and you're not real exactly which is
1: a blast and i think that's why it can be so fun even though the the mjf moxley shit is really gold man i thought that mjf promo last night after the moxley match was phenomenal i thought it was
0: good my only my only question is is it a good idea to bring up the fact their first feud sucked uh I, I don't know. I mean, he.
1: I don't. I don't even know if he brought it necessarily. Brought up that it sucked, just that he's he's no longer this kid at a podium. It just shows growth, you know. Yeah. I guess it is acknowledging that there was a gimmick to it, but I don't know. I didn't look into it in in any sort of real way. It's like a good refresh. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, that wasn't that great, and you're aware of it, and so it will be better this time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't. Then have... the firm. Oh, I mean, the firm situation, right? I mean that's just such a weird one because I I like all of those guys um but it, it, like when you go out and you say when your top heel says I'm not with these guys I'm just kind of half with these guys which is you know <laughs> what retainer like yeah. is you can't expect the audience to get excited about it especially cuz you know you, you compare that to the MJF uh, promo on the pinnacle where he put those guys over and it it seemed like a big thing and it, it kind of wasn't but it seemed like a big thing and this is what he say he's basically saying like hey these guys will help me out so i have a way to use heel tactics but i don't want to hitch my wagon to them because i know they're not over
1: yeah it's it's kind of what we what we wanted i just flushed the toilet i hope you heard yeah
0: i um yeah sorry okay. about the uh the the last time guys it's just we have like a three hour show sometimes so um you know i it is
1: it is an explanation we wanted and we did get it right we got like a full explanation to the point where it probably went too long for sure and it is what we want in the sense that we don't want this to be a fucking faction and we didn't want it to be a group it's just funny and awkward to have to acknowledge that they're not necessarily going to be that you know we're here now but we we're kind of just chilling but then we'll get together when we feel like it like it was just explaining something that didn't make much sense and so you just like force explain a thing that didn't make sense by going yeah it doesn't make sense cuz it doesn't necessarily make sense And that's what we are. We're this thing that doesn't necessarily make complete sense. And you go, okay.
0: It was better for the audience because like, okay, we're not going to see MJF with, with that. So that's good. But it was bad for them.
1: (laughs) Well, it's also bad when you go like, uh, look, I do like that. it set goals for everybody, right? It's like Ethan page. He's going to go for the all Atlantic championship and the ass boys. They're going to go for the tag championship, but these aren't matches I want to see either. Really?
0: Well, the the crowd was into Ethan Page. Yeah. So, we'll, I mean, well,
1: he's a Canada guy, right? So when they go to Toronto, he'll probably fight Pac.
0: I mean, unless they, I mean, I think they should put it on orange, but, um, you know, I, I mean, that guy just does not. Every time they put that guy in a position to succeed, he does. And then Tony seems to forget about him. So. That's true. Hour two, we got Lucha Bros versus... Uh, the uh uh what is it? undisputed Swor- what is it called again it's the um Swerving Swerving Arbori. Arbori. sorry yes that's it uh brit baker we also had a, a segment where pock gets attacked by orange cassidy Britt baker and professor serena deeb versus tony storm and athena at the end of it jamie hater attacks tony storm but reveals she's still upset with Britt baker who um yeah whatever <laughs> uh, and I mean, event uh, Jericho versus Brian Danielson for the semis, with Brian Danielson going over, which we all wanted. Um, I guess it. they're setting up now it's going to be Jericho and Claudio for the Ring of Honor title. There's so many title matches on this grand slam show. I mean, you know, the second hour was fine, man. I mean, it was you know, I thought the tag match was actually pretty good
1: it was It's just why, why why for the titles when you're promoting a match that's happening next no i week? meant the
0: women's tag um, oh
1: okay yeah. yeah i like that and and i like the swerve and our glory match but like i just said that why is it for the titles other than when he does a thing like that i go you think that's making more interest people don't care if it's for the titles if you announce it a fucking hour before the show it doesn't change anybody's it doesn't make anybody cancel a plan or do a thing. They know it's not going to change hands. It's, it just irritates people.
0: Just yeah, have them, it, I just guess have them the, wrestle a tag team. I, I guess Tony's, uh, uh, Oh, you mean the, the women's match? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't man. mean the
1: women's match. I oh, mean, the, I mean the, I mean the tag team.
0: I mean, I think that Tony just wanted to get those guys a big win. Um, uh, and the Lucha bros are, have the trios titles. So he figured, all right, well, I can beat these guys. So sure. I think that was fine, but um, you know, I, uh, clearly the story is is the acclaimed has to go over in New York, and then they and then most likely they'll have a rematch where Swerve and Lee will break up. But uh, you know, because I don't think that they're gonna they're not gonna like waste the celebration of the acclaimed with a breakup angle. That doesn't really make any sense. Um, sure.
1: Well, I thought they were breaking up until this week, where they didn't they didn't feel that way.
0: Well, they're not making. And then also, making, also like, having, having, having the goddamn heel shit,
1: having the damn firm say that the Asp Boys are going to go for the titles. You go, oh, okay, so the acclaimed wins, and and then you have the Asp Boys going for the titles. But I, I don't want to see that. I want FTR to get their title shot.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what's fucking going on there. You know, I know they're
1: fighting in uh, the UK for New Japan October first or second against Aussie Open for the for the New Japan Tag Titles. I go, does Aussie Open beat them? because it's in the uk and then you get this big moment for new japan like a new japan crowd Uh, that would suck i don't want to see them lose any of the titles before they win the AEW
0: title so i think there's some politics there i also think that tony risks losing them you know like especially now with with hunter and and you know that hunter would give him a pretty good run on oh yeah at least try them Look at the
1: end of the day there are guys who need to go back to WWE eventually anyway because
0: they got kids. And
1: I think that's simple.
0: You well, get just you... not, there's not any spots for him. And I think that like, if you're watching Johnny Gargano now on raw and how well of a job they're doing with him. Are they... they? I heard, I heard, I heard nobody gives a shit. No, he's still getting pops. I mean, oh, what else yeah? do you expect? You know, Oh, I, I don't mean,
1: know. I'm not watching. I just heard nobody. Yeah. Gives a
0: shit. Yeah. I mean like, well, he's not over like he wasn't NXT, but um it's not nxt so sure. i mean the only problem is this past monday i was talking about with robert was I, I was talking about first off i was saying it in terms of like okay if you're johnny gargano you're an indie darling and a lot of AEW guys are indie darling so if you see what triple h is doing with johnny gargano and that he's not just beating him then you're like, all right, well, maybe I have a shot over here. The problem with that match between Gargano and Gable this week is that Gable proved he's better than Gargano. (laughs) So, like, during this match, it was, like, it was supposed to show off Gargano, but, like, you could see Gargano calling spots, and Gable was just perfect on everything, and Gable can almost do anything in the ring. So I think that that was the only thing that exposed him was – and part of that is just Chad Gable's, like, the most underrated wrestler – on the planet you know um but you watch that match and you're like oh i'm not fantasy booking kenny omega and johnny gargano i'm fantasy booking kenny omega and chad gable yeah but who knows man i mean you know i'm i'm still looking forward you know just going to see live wrestling i know the crowd's going to be super hot but yeah you you know what i feels like i'm more excited to see the acclaim win the titles than i am danielson and moxley
1: it's tough because the the Grand Slam lineup, like, okay, so the main event was uh, was Danielson versus Jericho. Right mm-hmm. guy won, right, Danielson. You saw that jerk-off after the match. He, like, waited perfect timing with the cornet shirt, and then he <laughs> raised the CM Punk owns Young Bucks sign or whatever it said. <laughs> uh, but the right guy won, and I'm looking at the Grand Slam card, and I think it might be a better card than last year's. But we got Omega no, versus man. Danielson the last year, so it's, it, it's, it's 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 all so irrelevant, you know.
0: Yeah, because I mean, that's you had that one dream. match.
1: Yeah, you had that one match that's better than every match you could ever book. So it's tough. Uh, I am definitely looking forward to this, and it is stacked, dude. It's like every match is a title match. That's cool enough for me. Yeah, I mean, look, it's but be- to not have Omega, it, it it really that really does stink. To not have Punk, I mean, we got Punk versus. Uh, Hobbs last year at Grand Slam Rampage and it it was a bit of a, a botch fest but to have Punk felt really amazing you know and now I hope we get Danielson's win at Grand Slam but it doesn't feel the same it feels weird I know ticket sales have been tough it's just like a different period in time for AEW and it's I think it's gonna have to get getting some used to
0: well, they're also they're now trying to rebuild at the worst time you can try to rebuild during wrestling, which is the beginning of football season. You know, so it's like nobody cares like really about wrestling right now. You know, like the story last they have the week,
1: Wednesday advantage though, right? Where football isn't on Wednesdays.
0: That's true, yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, like there's it, it, there's other things that they're going to have to compete with still. I mean. I was just listening to Meltzer and although they're beating re- a lot of reality shows and numbers, they're not consistent. So it's like, they're not retaining anything. Um, yeah. Which, uh, you know, I don't know what you do, man. I mean, I think that I I really have no idea what you do. If I'm, if, if I'm AEW, I would probably, I don't know. The number one thing is I would bring more creative minds in and not more wrestlers in, but more people backstage who can tell me, no, I don't like that. Um, I don't know if Tony's going to do that. I I just think he's overbooked, and I think he's relying a little bit too much on titles. Like, you know, as much as I'd like to see Orange Cassidy win the title, um, I don't know what the Mid-Atlantic title means. It feels like one of those, like, you know, like in WCW in the early nineties, they would have, like, the WCW international title, like all these titles that nobody really gave a shit about. Um, And that's kind of what it feels like now. But, you know, on the same sense, too, man, it's like – I think we're also spoiled as wrestling fans. You know, like I remember when I would go see WWF live when I was like 10 or 11 and I would be like pumped to get a rematch between Owen and Brett. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm getting this. Sure. And now we just expect like every single card to have a dream match or a match we really want to see. And uh, you know, like it, it's, it's just, it's a harder business to do that with. Like when I was doing misery research. I noticed like one of Miz's big single first single feuds was with Cena. And then a year and a half later, he's feuding with single with uh, with Cena at WrestleMania. Like mm-hmm. there's just only so many things that you can do uh, before, y- you know, you-, you really have to have a hot feud rather than this is a new match. Like a new match is great. Like when it's like Bri- Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. But if it if, it, if it if it's not like literally the two best guys in the world and we saw that with AJ and Edge. Uh, nobody gives a shit you know like you have to have a story behind it sure
1: sure I, I I will say I think they've done a good job this week and last week of it feels like a fight night like it feels
0: yeah it like does
1: they they go they go here's your match um now here is a something that happened earlier in the night like a, you know here's a Vignant, here's another match like they I don't know they it they've gotten tighter with the show in a way that doesn't feel as rushed
0: yeah yeah, I mean they they uh, they're definitely speeding it up. I mean I I think um, you know MJF is a masterful promo. Maybe you you maybe open show every show with an MJF promo. Like, you know just, what I
1: loved about the MJF promo was you you have the Moxley win, and then as they're going to commercial, one of the announcers is like MJF's demanding a mic. He's demanding a mic backstage, and then it's like oh okay MJF's about to like that's how you do it. Just that felt like real good wrestling tv
0: yeah well their first half hour is always a banger oh dude it always kicks ass it's always a banger well before since we were we uh we basically got through most of what we wanted to get through today just some premium current event stuff what what do you think what's your opinion on this bucks reaching out to uh wwe story
1: i mean it depends on how you, you i forget that they were talking to Triple H, uh, before. Yeah. You know, doing the whole AEW thing. Uh, I think they all have his number, so I'm sure they could all reach out to him if they wanted to. I just think, you know, with all the uh, contract tampering talk and person don't talk to this person, I just don't see it happening right now, especially when lawsuits, uh, the, the the possibility of varying lawsuits and shit. I don't see them talking to anybody at the moment about anything. Yeah. Other than saying I don't feel like talking about it. So I, I i don't know if they reached out to to Triple H or uh or if they reached out to someone and said, Hey, could you talk to Triple H for me? It seems unlikely. Do I see them going to WWE? Sure, that could happen. Anybody could go to WWE at any point, right? Once their contract's up. Kenny, the Bucks do I think it happened? No, just because it doesn't really make sense to me.
0: I, I think, you know, if if we want to talk about, like, who would do well in WWE, I think Hangman would do well. I'm nervous they would kind of book Kenny Omega, like, that first run they had with Goldberg. Like, they wouldn't totally get him. And I just don't see the Bucks doing that well over there at the tag division. Maybe, um, but I don't know. I mean, I think that, that, that for some, for whatever reason, I think there's their style clashes the most with the WWE style Uh, if, if they were, but you know, like they're phenomenal wrestlers. So they can probably, if they wanted to, they could tailor it more to their style. Yeah. Um, I think,
1: uh, um, I think Triple H is going to have to adapt for, for those three guys. If he wants them specifically Omega, but also for like a Danielson, when he finally, you know, this contract is up and he wants to go back, which is, Oh fuck. Do I let, some people work elsewhere if they want to or do i let a guy who who isn't signed to wwe have a match here and then go on his way uh and i think he is gonna have to make decisions like that and i think he'll do it i I legitimately think someone like kenny omega uh someone like brian danielson is going to force wwe to let a guy come in have a program and leave and and go back to his independent contractor status
0: I mean, you know, the one good thing about Triple H so far is that he's not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Like he has been, I mean, we've seen, you know, like him giving Eo Shirai and Dakota Kai a push because he knows they're great workers, but he's also doing the silly Dexter Loomis shit because he knows that it's sports entertainment. So, sure. well, I mean, we'll see, you know, like, but we also talk about, you know, like WWE is not Valhalla, like, Eventually, in a couple months, they're going to be running into their own problems, and then maybe AEW would look better. I think that that will be the next, like, when we see that WWE has a hiccup, if we don't see a bounce back from AEW, then I think that that's a really bad sign. But um, I think it could have, I mean, there's just so much talent on the AEW roster. i i I see them coming back i'm not like one of these guys everybody's talking about oh AEW's dead AEW's dead and i'm like dude you guys didn't even give these guys a shot the first year or two you know Yeah, i also
1: think i mean like and i'm not i'm not exaggerating tell me if i'm being wrong it is consistent it since it started it has been the best wrestling show if not weekly because you can't you you know there are going to be weeks where a smackdown is better
0: right yeah um but there was, the a, least, there was monthly, like a month period where I thought it, SmackDown had a better show, but for your for the most part, I think you're right.
1: Yeah. yeah. So even when we go like hey, W, oh man, it's like it's like, yeah, no, it's not, it's not what we've been accustomed to, and I and it it's gotta get better for sure. It's like th- there's been some holes that weren't really holes because they were brand new, and but now they're holes, they're problems.
0: Yeah, and I and I just think, you know, I, I think the thing that I get nervous about is like. If you look at like Raw and in Dynamite this week, Dynamite had the much more consistent show. It had the better wrestling. But as far as like moments, Raw had the better moments, you know, Edge going after Dominic, you know, even Dexter Loomis doing that stupid caricature thing. Like, I remember the two moments from Raw more than I remember anything that happened on Dynamite. And it's just, I mean, it's just two different ways to, to produce TV, I guess, you know? Sure. High spot, low spot. What's your uh, high spot, low spot this week, Scott?
1: Oh, gosh, brother. My high spot is Kenny Omega went over to Japan, visited the Sega headquarters or some shit, you know, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. It's like the the capital of uh, Japan, is Sega headquarters. And um, it's like Oz, and they welcomed him and everything. And he got to uh, hang out with Kota Ibushi in Japan. That was my high spot, seeing them hang out. Because they both had a really rough year, right? Both with injuries. Coda, like, apparently can't even lift the bar, people are saying.
0: Oh, my God.
1: He still can't lift a bar because of whatever's going on with his injury. Uh, Omega's injuries and then obviously to get bit in the ass. Uh, last week, <laughs> was uh, it in the ass? Have we? Have we? Nah, I don't know. I, I think it was like reinerder's leg, right? People are saying
0: it's so. That's exactly what happens in the wedding. You know,
1: singer. I'm also interested because uh, remember in I The guess... Wedding
0: Singer when Table Nine starts biting the guy? <laughs> it's exactly what Ace did. <laughs> Table is
1: table nine. The all the ugly people, yeah, whatever? yeah. They yeah, they, yeah, beat yeah, the, yeah. they started fighting the, biting the father of the bride,
0: yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly. <laughs> CM Punk was the wedding singer, and Ace Steel was table nine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, shit. but yeah, so anyway, uh, Omega and and abushi they're like posting, you know, they're eating Sundays together and shit just a good time that made me happy. Um, yeah. also, the damn, uh, I guess Brandon Cutler and uh pat buck are no longer under suspension they're back at work so i guess anybody who they need to do an
0: investigation on brendan cutler on whether or not he was throwing bunches i know know, right it's so crazy and
1: so i guess i guess anybody who was involved in trying to break it up is no longer suspended so i wonder if when kenny comes back from japan if he gets to not be suspended unless there's more to it and he was an instigator as well you know which is obviously possible
0: It was, it would be so funny if Brandon Cutler tried to stop it by doing the roll, like the frontward roll thing again and and (laughs) totally missing the fight. (laughs) Oh, that would be great. Uh, My high spot this week was actually I watched TNA and there's a, and Scott, you would love this match. There's a 30 minute iron match between Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles, which maybe now in my top 10 matches ever, man. I mean, it's. You know, AJ is, like, in 2005 and 2014, AJ Styles is the best wrestler in the world.
1: Oh, dude, there's there's a reason that Will Ospreay and those guys are, it like, that time TNA, the Christopher Dan like, the, you know, so... Even this week, Osprey said that the triple threat between Daniels, AJ, and Samoa Joe was the match that made him go, I want to be a wrestler. Yeah. And that made every kid who watched that want to be a wrestler. It's just some kids were athletic, and then some kids tried to do a kip up on their basement floor and got the wind knocked out of them and knew to no longer pursue it. You, know? you sound like, like you're like, speaking I want-
0: from experience.
1: Oh, yeah, dude. I wanted to be a wrestler after that match. And I remember... I remember doing like a dive off of my uh, my couch and hitting my head on the
0: ceiling. <laughs> yeah, I mean this match is I, it's just pitch perfect, man. I mean as far as like how it's booked and you know and AJ and the it's it's like ever it's it's like the perfect combination of WWE and AEW because they do all this crazy shit, but like the first ten minutes it's just them like like it's basically just holds you know like yeah. they know they're they're gonna build and uh yeah it's it, it is you know you kind of wonder watching this match you're like man imagine if wb signed aj and we got like you know aj and michaels around that same period you know like how <laughs> fucking good that would have been because sean could still work and aj was you know the heir apparent uh, oh i know i know it would have been unbelievable Oh, hey
1: here's my low spot uh Matt Hardy says we're getting close to meeting the new Jeff Hardy.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Is excited to have him back. Oh, no.
0: His valets are just a team of nurses.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he buried Jeff in a pet cemetery. Great.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Jeff and Coco Beware's parrot come back. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, my low spot this week, this is the first time I've ever talked about on this podcast, and I, I don't really want to get into too much detail, but myself and Dan Sto- Soder and Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, we had a tentative script deal uh, with, uh, with uh, Peacock after a new animated show that we wrote. And, you know, um, WWE and Peacock are having a hard time getting the deal done, and that was 16 months ago that we sold it um so i don't know what's gonna happen but i kind of wanted to get it on record to just be like well guys i did at one point sell a show with stone cold steve austin (laughs) and uh now you know the ip battle uh, you know i don't fucking know that's above my pay grade but it's been a bummer man it's just been a bummer you know because we we have this great idea for a show and we want to and we want to we want to work on the show we want to make the show we want to make a pilot and uh You know, unfortunately, it just uh, the the stars have not aligned yet. And I hope it works out. I hope this moves from a low spot to a high spot. That's that's what I'll say about it.
1: Yeah, well, I'm canceling my Peacock. Peacock. (laughs) You never had one. I (laughs) know.
0: The thing is, I won't even cancel my Peacock because I need the, because like $5 for a premium live event every month is actually really good. (laughs) Uh, So I'm like, yeah, I guess you know i'm still only spending like 120 and at least three of those wwe shows are going to be really good (laughs) (laughs) you know like and then they have all these good this is really just a commercial peacock because they do have a lot of really good true crime stuff on it too oh is that Uh, true yeah yeah i mean they had they had a really good gacy special but um basically wwe and peacock please try to make it work (laughs) yeah because
1: if you don't you're gonna have another true crime show on your hands
0: (laughs) Uh just immediately uh, uh switch over to serial killing. If this doesn't work. oh, Sorry, I'm yawning, guys. I, I'm, I'm fucking jet lagged. I'm in San Francisco right now. Um, Scott, what do you... Oh, everybody talks about the cow palace around here. So I keep thinking I'm going to see Pat Patterson's ghost or something. Um, oh, no,
1: it's just where everybody goes to fuck Cornette's wife. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. Uh But anybody who's not, uh who hasn't come... To the shows. I'm at the punchline. This comes out Friday, so I'm there tonight if you're in San Francisco for two shows. And I'm there the next night on Saturday night at two shows. And then the following weekend, I'm in Milwaukee at the Laughing Tap, uh headlining there. So come check it out. Follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter, leave a five-star review from us. Uh, you know, follow our Twitter, join our YouTube, join our uh which will soon be my comedy thing, but I'm gonna have a whole wrestle roast queue um so check that out and uh, our facebook group is always popping and keep you know like keep letting us know what you want to see like uh the reason we're doing uncensored is because somebody tweeted that they wanted us to watch uncensored i'm kind of pissed at that person because i had to watch uncensored and the main event of uncensored i mean it it rivals fiend and and uh and seth it really really does in in a lot of ways i think it's worse and what is it the main event is Hogan versus Macho in a steel cage for control over the NWO. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I mean, it is the ultimate, even though I don't think Vince Russo is there yet, maybe he is, but it is the ultimate Russo finish. So it'll be interesting to see Scott and Robert, whether or not they think this was worse than the Hell in a Cell finish with Fiend and Seth. I, I think in some ways it is. So we'll we'll see.
1: Yeah, it is in that we had to see that and now we have to see this. (laughs) And life is getting worse. I also keep picturing you being like now the fans know you're in san francisco and so some san francisco listeners like walking down the street running up to like he runs up to a homeless guy like oh dan and then he's oh no runs up to another homeless guy oh dan it's just like a
0: street (laughs) it's like that spider (laughs) that spider man meme except for for it's either gonna be me or two guys that'll stab you so you better (laughs) you better make the choice right scott what do you have to promote Oh, my other podcast, Out for Smokes, with Mike Racine and Sean McCarthy.
1: And next Friday, I'm somewhere outside of Philly with Brendan Sagalow. Uh, I'll tell you next Thursday where it is. But is. You'll be doing comedy, this, right? Yeah, yeah. You yeah, just start you, hanging
0: out at a restaurant. Yeah, no,
1: I mean, I will be at a Wawa at some point. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, well, uh, I'll tell you where that's going to be. Let me just tell you right now. Let me open this bad boy. I am going to be next Friday, September 23rd. I'm co-headlining with Brendan Sagalow at uh, Sligo, Irish Pub, S-L-I-G-O. It's going to be a good time. Come out.
0: It's going to be funny when, like, Sagalow tries to, like, get some uh, meat off of that and then there's just an awkward pause <laughs> <laughs> sagalo more like i can't believe i'm at the sagalo bar am i right <laughs> just a <laughs> dust bowl walks <laughs> um yeah it's uh stand-up's fun guys scott's good at it so is Brendan. you should go see it mm-hmm. and see me be at two places at the same time be in milwaukee and pennsylvania the same you know like i feel like every every good town every good town that's got a real solid drinking problem is is the best place to do comedy
1: yeah because people go out
0: yeah there's nothing else to do that's why i love madison so much is in the winter because it's like there's really nothing to do but freeze your balls off or go see comedy yeah
1: but it is interesting because i'm still someone who every time i'm at a comedy show i go like you could be doing nothing
0: oh yeah I mean it it's it's astonishing, you know, like because if I really i don't know about you, if I will hmm, well, this is an interesting question. Have you seen more bad wrestling or more bad comedy, more bad comedy, yeah, I guess cause I open mics, there's just no other yeah, but as far as like shows that I've gone to, I would say that they're even, you know, like I've seen plenty of bad wrestling shows uh, and bad matches um who the fuck knows man
1: i mean i look i i don't spend money on comedy you know it's it's always free and so that's good i've definitely spent more i've wasted more money on wrestling shit
0: yeah you would have to really like bring for me to pay spend money on comedy now as i tell you guys to go there's no way spend money um i you'd have to like resurrect richard pryor or something yeah yeah you know and even then i'd have i'd have to hear his new stuff was good (laughs) (laughs) even then i'd be like all right well how is it is he too happy in heaven because i don't want to see if it's just a bunch of uh celebrity stories you know (laughs) uh all right folks well until then wash your damn hands washing